podcast talking about my relationship problems. Like what? I mean, do you think any healthy relationship <laughs> Number one can red be? flag. <laughs> the fact that you're here is the red flag. Yeah. Basically, I can give anybody who comes on this show the advice, break up with him, break up with him, break up with him. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Our next guest this evening comes from far, far away. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Yep. Very exciting. <laughs> I think you're our first international caller. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so our guest today is Elle. And Elle, why don't you tell our listeners where you are in the world and your question? Hi, um, I'm Elle. I'm from Singapore. And um, the question I wrote in with was, um, oh, I'm trying to think right now. Well, it was a pretty long one, but it was basically, why does my boyfriend have some kind of issue with apologizing when he's late? Mm. (laughs) And because I keep forgetting all the scenarios, the last time this happened, I made very sure to to note it down. Like I wrote it all down and everything so I wouldn't forget. And so I, I would be justified in complaining about this. <laughs> and um, well, it basically went something like, um, uh, we were meant to meet a friend together. And, and I said, I would drive over and pick him up and then we would go together. And I was waiting in the car and I was, I had to make a few loops because the place I was waiting at, you know, there were other cars chasing me and I was feeling quite like anxious and, and irritated. And then after, after two rounds of being chased by people, I called him and I was like, hey, where are you? I, I don't think I said hey at all. I was just like, where are you? And, <laughs> and then there was no said, greeting. Yeah. It was There's just a where are you? Where are you is so much angrier than hey, where are you? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> that hey makes a big difference. Yeah, it's like no pleasantry. It's just like, where no. are you? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, Oh, I'm right here. And then I see him strolling from the entrance <laughs> of his apartment. And he's just walking with a drink in his hand. And he's just like, he's making no effort to rush at all. And that just pisses me off so much because I always rush when, when I'm late. Yeah. And then he gets in and then the mood is so hostile. And we're both like, we can tell that we're both annoyed at each other. But how is he annoyed drive- at you in that, situ- in that scenario? Why he's is annoyed he- at her for being annoyed at him. Yeah, exactly. Which but I feel he's is the like, one well, who's late. You had a set time. Well, yeah, clearly there's yeah. an issue. That's why she wrote an email <laughs> to a podcast about I try, it. I'm trying to understand why he could be that annoyed with well, her annoyance. Well, let's get into the. Let's okay, get sorry. Into let's this. finish let's your finish, in. and then so, we're going to have a lot of questions for so you. So let's see. Okay, how long? No, you, yeah. How long? You, you, okay, yeah, you, go. You, you no, go? you go. You go. Oh, okay. <laughs> how long have you been dating? Um, three years now. Three years, and this has always been a problem. Well, I think it always has been, but it's just that earlier on, I don't think we both expressed the full potential of our feelings. I think we always kept trying to keep it under. Mm-hmm. And as people, I think we're both quite like, um, you know, we, we always tend to want to hold back. Like neither of us are explosive. Right. So, yeah. So I think we kept it up for a good period of time. Like I would get annoyed, but then I, I would just kind of tell myself to get over it and mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, and it's only really started surfacing in in full strength in the last like maybe year and a half. It's blossomed. It has blossomed. Um, that is one nice way of putting it. So, so when you say it's 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 come to pass, so you're saying it's you get into actual fights about it now. 
I, I don't even know if it constitutes an actual fight. It's just a very like cold, frosty exchange. You know what? This is this this is becoming something else. This I is think a it's a conflict issue. I yeah, know. this is more about your conflict resolution. It, it, from what we're gathering so I far. I have so many questions sure. now. Okay. At well, first, I thought it was just about a guy being late. Now it's everything. Well, yeah, it is a monster. <laughs> I guess for me, the question is: Does this? Is it just about the lateness? Like, I gather that you're more annoyed by his demeanor in being really late than actually the fact that he's late. Like, if yeah. he was, if you felt like he was rushing and he was making an effort, then you yeah, would be more exactly. understanding. Exactly. Yeah. This is a two-part question. My first question is, you've expressed this to him, correct? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, how many times? Um, almost every time, but I think... <laughs> But most times he's been late after the a certain period where you were no longer just sort of being polite with each other. You're really letting yeah. each other know how you felt. Yeah. His reaction, he understands that it's about more so the effort and the apology and just the general attitude around it and not as much about the lateness, correct? I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm not sure if he actually really knows that. Uh, at least un, not until the latest conversation because previously it it would always kind of I I would keep holding it back and then but but at the same time I wouldn't be able to fully get over it. So he could tell that I would be annoyed the whole time and then it would keep snowballing till the end of the night where then we would sit down and I would be like, "Look, I was so annoyed because I just feel like you're not making enough of an effort." And then, you know, it, it stopped being about the small mundane thing that it actually was. You know, it was really just about, please show me that you're apologetic about being late. Yeah. And and I always tried to say like, oh, well, is it because it makes you feel inadequate that, you know, like you don't like it when you've done something wrong? And do, do you oh. just think that by, by, by not um, validating its existence, then it just didn't happen at all? Like, does, does it make you more comfortable to just deny that it happened at all? But, you know, I don't think he ever really got there. So I, I'm either wrong or he's not ready to confront it or this. It's okay. I have impulse. so many questions. We, have, we both have a lot of questions. So, <laughs> uh, okay. On average, well, how many minutes is he late when he's on average lateness? What are we talking about? Usually it's about 30 minutes on average. 30 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. 30 minutes late? Oh, that's yeah. late. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's regularly. That's very late. Not regularly, but when it happens, it's around there. And how often is he 30 minutes late? Let's say you do, in a month, you do 15 things, like where you have to be on time or it's nice to be on time. Like how many times out of those 15 is he late? About maybe just one or two. One or two. Um, And is there any other behavior he exhibits in your relationship that is also um, disrespectful of your you or your time like there's two ways of being late there's two types of people who are late to me there's the person who has terrible time management or time conception that's me by the way yeah i my ex-boyfriend of mine called me a time optimist (laughs) right they just don't have an idea i just have very bad time management yeah i'm like this is definitely enough time and then it just sort of snowballs and i just lose track of it and even when I think I'm giving myself extra time, it just sort of, I run out of it. It's, it's not my favorite trait about myself and I'm certainly getting better, but... I'm like that as well. Okay. So yeah, so do you feel that in his case, it is column A, so it is just sort of poor time management or column B, which is... Right, which is he doesn't have enough respect for other people's time or other people's anything. He's just sort of a little selfish. Yeah. 
I'm inclined to think that he's an optimist, but it's also the fact that he's very free about his time in the sense that, you know, the times that he's been 30 minutes late, it's never that I sit am sharp and then he shows up at 7.30. Usually in those instances um, where he's 30 minutes late, it's because, um, it's because I say, oh, we should have dinner. Um, and then he says, yeah, uh, I, I get off work at 6.45. And then the the expectation is that we are going to meet maybe about like 20 minutes after you get off work because that's the amount of time it takes. But then at 6.45 or uh, maybe 7, he'll say, uh, oh, I'm on my way now. So it's kind of, it's usually that that free form, like mismatch of expectations, I think, that's, to me, that's that always sounds causing like, this. To me, that sounds like column A. Time management. Issue. Time management. And he does text you. It's not like he... In that situation, at least, he he doesn't just show up half an hour later. There is sort of like, oh, I'm leaving now. Like, he does check yeah. in, correct? He and does. But then I, I want to hear the, oh, sorry. Like, because there's that expectation. Like, you know, we have that kind of unsaid expectation that, you know, if you say that you're going to be done with work at 6.45, yeah. then that means that you're going to get here at 7.15. But if you text me at 7.15 and say, I think I'll be 40 minutes long, Without saying sorry, I think I'm going to be longer than expected. Then that that's just really annoying <laughs> to me. <laughs> is oh. he from? Is he from Singapore? Is he from? He is, but he's from a different culture within Singapore. Okay, the, so I was curious the if there was a cultural difference there. So my question is: Is does this bleed into other aspects of his personality? Like, is he in any other way selfish or disrespectful of your needs or your time? Or is there any other aspect in the relationship or your feelings where he is, you know, kind of sucks? Yeah. So. Yes, actually. So I was so unwilling to confront this maybe about a year ago, but now I'm just like trying to be honest with myself. And the truth is, he. I know he doesn't um, respect that I get very emotional. And I am a very emotional person. I, I can accept that. But I know he kind of thinks it as a weakness when um, when I display these like big... A weakness? I show these big displays of emotion. Yeah, because he doesn't allow himself to, to feel that way. And I think, you know, he's had a complicated family history, so he often like suppresses his true feelings. And I think he sees it as weakness when, you know, when I, when I get teary or... Like, you think or you something. know... I know, I know. We spoke about this and, um, you know, I said, well, I think we fundamentally disagree and don't respect um, each other's ways of of dealing with, with our feelings. And he said, yeah, you know, I think that's true. Like, he always, wonder, he always wonders why I can't be a bit, a, a bit more, um, <laughs> a bit, <dull. laughs> a bit <laughs> more, it's um, a good word. Like, just a bit more like I like rein myself in or to, you know, to kind of manage like he thinks it's it, it's insane for me to be so like to, to let my emotions flow so freely and be so volatile i mean how how frequently are you having an emotional episode because right now i'm not into the sound of this guy to be honest yeah are you no are you happy are you happy in the relationship overall no i'm not right now i'm in the point where i'm kind of assessing it um and trying to you know trying to figure out if if this is right I think in the past, you know, we, we had a lot of really good times and we were able to communicate really freely because we, had, we both had that willingness. But I think we went through quite a bit of, you know, um, ups and downs with, especially on his side. He, so he discovered family that he never knew existed in the past year. Wow. And 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's really heavy, but you know, that, that was really when it all began. Like it took a huge toll on us because I always crave intimacy so much. And I, to the point where, you know, where, when something even looks missing, I, I start to zero in on it and, mm. and um, start to overthink it. And I think at a time where he was drawing away, trying to figure out like his emotions and his sense of belonging and, um, you know, where he felt he, he, he sat in, you know, the fabric of his world. Mm. Um, I, I started to feel like he was drawing away from me. And I think I approached it pretty, I, I kept asking him questions. Like I kept saying like, oh, what, what's up with that? Like, you know, why, why are you behaving like this? And because I, I think he wasn't ready to confront it, uh, we ended up just getting in so many fights. And it would really stress him out that I didn't give him the time. But, you know, from my perspective, it's I, I need to know what I need to, to give you time for. Because to me, it seems like a good thing that you found family you didn't know existed. Like, it seemed like a joyous thing. So I, I had no idea that, you know, for a long time, I didn't know that he was going through so much. And I think all this misunderstanding just led to, led to an inability to communicate after that. So I got to say, point, like, I feel like because you say all the misunderstanding led to an inability to communicate, but it kind of, I'm trying to find a time in your relationship where you did, you said early on, you did communicate freely. To me, I feel like there's this, a mismatch. I just feel like there's a chasm. Like the fact that you don't maybe don't feel fully comfortable to release your feelings and just fully express yourself. And then he, I mean, do you live together? No, we don't. Oh, you don't three years. Has there been discussion of living together? It, it's not very customary in Singapore. What, okay. okay, I was about to ask that. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I I guess it just for a three year relationship, whether or not you live together, there I find, and maybe this is a cultural difference, but I feel a, a distance in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you agree with me? Sure. I do too. Yeah, yeah, like if he discovers family he didn't have, like you would think that would be a time. If it were a, a a moment of turmoil in his life that he would lean on you yeah. and look to you for comfort as this constant that he's had since before learning that information and into post knowing that information. But to me, I feel like the and the lateness thing is sort of tied. I into think that. it's the lateness is like a red herring. I think the lateness just is sort of a almost a metaphor for the fact that he's really not there when you need him. Yes. Oh, no. Hitting it with like this whole like metaphorical romanticism just makes it all the more like tragic in a way that I can accept and actually want to indulge in. <laughs> oh, I, to be honest, uh, when I read your email, like I had a lot of questions, but I thought if it's really just the lateness or rather the apology surrounding the lateness unto itself, you know, if that do- isn't really reflected in other moments in your relationship it doesn't feel like you're being dismissed or your needs for feeling considered that that doesn't apply to other things then I'd be like okay pick your battles you know an apology for late you know not some people just regard 
punctuality different than others and it's not a deal breaker unto itself. Oh, that, that is true though. He did tell me that, well, I never get angry at you when you're late because there have been times where I've been late, but I'm always rushing and I, I arrive time <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And I always make sure to say sorry because it's something but that I But you're allowed to be late. Know. You're a girl, right? Didn't we establish <laughs> that girls are allowed to be late? Wait, she hasn't heard. No, 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 no. We, we recorded an episode that will come out tomorrow where Andy okay. declares that women are always I late. fully and, stereotyped women yeah, yeah, and we're sure he's going to get a lot of hate for it. Well, and the joke being that he said 96% of his first dates have been late, which is a pretty astounding number. But especially with the first date, it might just be because she wants to look unavailable. Oh, right? that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually there's a oh, reason I don't, like that. I don't fault them. The only time I get upset on a first date, well, on when I used to have first dates, was, <laughs> was when it was like insane, when it was like... 45 minutes when I was just like, you know, I had like seven drinks by the time she got there. I was plastered. And trust me, I'm all, I relate to the boyfriend in this alone. The, I, when, when I'm meeting someone and they're really late, I have a higher tolerance for lateness because I know what it feels like to be rushing and to be late. So I, it doesn't bother me as long as we're not entering like really 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 unacceptably insultingly oh, but late the key word is rushing isn't it like don't you yeah. rush when you're late <laughs> well oh, yeah, that's, that's my right. next point is if i'm five minutes late to meet someone i apologize and i don't feel good about it like if i cannot be five minutes late but you know after leaving the house i do my utmost to be there on time it's more so that the decisions before that sort of snowball and then I'm in a situation where it's not possible to be on time but I that's why I I relate to him just in the sense where it's like I don't complain about you being late however the bigger issue for me here is that is the dismissal how you feel your feelings are Mm -hmm. dismissed Mm -hmm. like you feel that you are not allowed to express yourself fully in your full capacity you're not allowed to be your messiest your hot, messiest self to yeah. the person that you may spend your life with is a, is a problem yeah. to me. And I, I feel hesitant to say that you've been together for three years. You can take everything we say with a grain of salt, but forever is a long time to spend with someone who you have to tiptoe around in any way. Yeah. It's true. But it's like, I think in the past we were able to, so when I say I, I was holding back, I would hold back for a whole evening. And then after that, you know, we would let it all out and it would become more emotional than it had to be. But at least at the end of it, I always felt heard and, you know, and it always felt resolved. And okay. you know, we, we didn't keep a log of things. But I think with that whole episode with his family, I think I, I came in with complaints maybe at a time where he wasn't, he didn't feel equipped to deal with them. And that's just caused a rift in the communication in the sense that I, I feel like I, I'm scared to say anything that's going to break the peace now because this peace is so precious and so it's so hard to come by that you just want to preserve it as much as possible, even though it, it might not even be real. And It's ad time, Andy. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> we are very excited. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is two of two for Hello Toshiba Day. Yeah, we are both um, the proud owners of extremely well... Cared for. Um, cared for. Lubricated. Um, thoroughly cleaned okay unchafed yes <laughs> keep going i want to see how many characteristics uh, second of- most important holes in the body yeah 
I also think weirdly it's it's a weirdly good gift for the right person. For the holiday season. For the holiday season. I want to mention something serious serious. This is serious. And I'm serious. I'm sorry, yes, very serious. The Hello Tushi Bidet will cut your toilet paper consumption by eighty percent. And I mean for a guy, okay, that's fine. For a woman, that means that you're basically saving about nine rolls of toilet paper a day. <laughs> you do have strong opinions about how much toilet paper women I use. don't even understand what's going on in there. <laughs> like, are you just taking the whole roll off and just using it like a, like, a, like a brush? Like, I don't understand what happens in there. So the Hello Tushi Bidet is good for the environment. It's amazing for the environment. And for the right person... A good gift, a funny gift. Hilarious gift. Yes. Or just a good gift. It shouldn't be funny. Well, There's nothing funny about a bidet. It's, it's at only all. funny because for some reason North America is weird about bidets. It's so strange. A bidet, it's obvious that you should have a bidet. Yes. I've already discussed how absurd the toilet paper thing yes. is. It's dry. And it's, you're using your hand. There's no, there's a million things wrong about how we go about this. You know, I grew up with a bidet in the house. Of course you did. And I remember you had a good family. <laughs> Are we making this personal? This now? is personal. If you want the Hello Tishy Bidet in your life, you can get one for yourself or as a gift for the holiday season. You can get 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash shandy. That's hellotushy.com slash shandy for 10% off and free shipping, plus saving the environment, plus saving your butthole. Damn. When you put it like that, hellotushy.com slash shandy. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> How long has it been since he discovered this? this family thing and how long was the turmoil and then how long has the peace been? Uh, it's been a year and a half since uh, that day. It was all so dramatic. He met his little sister in a carnival. He recognized oh her face. And, wow. And wow. He, kept saying, he kept saying, um, like, I, I, I don't want to open that can of worms, you know. What, what if she already has a life? Like, I, I don't think we should connect. And, and I was the one who egged him on and I said, no, you should do it. You should just do it. I mean, you're going to regret this if you don't. And he did it. And now it's, I mean, I know he it's wrong to say. He recognized her out like at a carnival where they weren't meant to meet it's there. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He walked past and then we stopped and he said, I think I just saw my half sister. Sounds like a movie. That's a movie. It yeah. is a movie. It's so dramatic. And there was wow. a whole teary reunion. I mean, I was crying most of the tears because the two of them are so like resolute and resilient. They were just looking at each other. And then I was inside like, crying my eyes out at family wow. that wasn't even mine. Wow. Amazing. Okay, so you said that was a year and a half ago. Yes. And how long was, you know, was the rough patch where you felt like you couldn't really speak your mind and you didn't really feel heard and you were tiptoeing? Sounds like it's still going on. Well, she said that now they have a moment of peace where she feels like she's sort of tiptoeing around. She doesn't want to lose the peace. Right. Am I, or is it all the same? Is the turmoil and the, the peace, is it peace? It's No, no, it's, quote, it's not together. Peace. So there was definitely a whole point of fighting and fighting and fighting because I just hate having things unsaid. You know, I always feel like I, I agree. heard. And um, 
it, I, it always feels very frustrating for me to have to withhold my emotions. And I know this is something I need in a relationship. So I, but I think I might have not chosen the best times to bring, bring these things up. I think I was also very demanding and wanting to know that he was right there with me emotionally and present. When so you're maybe, using the past tense right now. When are we talking? We're talking uh, between maybe like half, six months after he discovered this or a year yeah. after? Six months after he discovered his family. That's when it started getting bad between us. Is the peace defined by the absence of dealing with issues that need to be dealt with? Or is it an actual peace where you... Yeah, is it like harmonious? Is it more yeah, that you're both just avoiding? Yeah, is it an avoidance avoiding? peace or like an actual peace? It sounds it's, like an avoidance piece. It is avoidant, but it's also that, you know, we both came to that to that realization that we were fighting so much and we whatever we were doing just wasn't working. So we both kind of let go of that need to to fight. And then we just said, you know, let's just try something else. Like maybe let's just try being friends again and like doing friend-like things to enjoy each other's company. And then we started doing that. And, you know, we do make very good friends. So it's like when we have a shared interest, things are good in that sense. We laugh together a bit more, but we're unable to get to the meat of, you know, what I always thought like love that's this a problem i'm sorry that's a problem i you know we talked we our last episode episode five we brought margie the, the andy's yes. ex-fiance who's a therapist you know a big part of her you know her relationship mistakes that people make is is the conflict resolution you as she said you need to feel like each time you fight that you are at least are like at the next level like the next time you you yeah. have this understanding you come to you don't just solve the fight and the next time try not to fight again like yeah. of course you don't want to fight all the time but you, you would hope that each time you fight you learn something about each other and you both implement that in how you move forward together and that's what concerns me is that you said that you'll fight and that you'll kind of come to an agreement, but that you just sort of, it just sounds like, like you said, it's sort of avoidant. The peace is not because you've reached this new level together. It's more so exactly. that you've kind of done a loop-de-loop and mm-hmm. you're back where you started, sort of. And I'm so right. aware of this. It's so frustrating to know that there was a time where, you know, every time we fought, it felt like we understood each other better. Mm. And then that all went away. So I think the difficult thing about this is knowing that it has the potential to be like that because I know it's happened before like that that feeling of growth and knowing that okay you know we understand each other let's you know let's do better and then for for that to suddenly go away and and for our fights to just become like hitting a wall every time and then us trying to avoid it like it's become such an unhealthy thing and I think it's harder to let go of because you know what it can be and I don't know if that's if that's something worth holding on to no, and I know, and trust me, we would never, I, I don't want it to ever sound like, you know, you've invested three years in this person. You certainly know him better than we do based on this short call. But, <laughs> but sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> I just really strongly feel that something productive must come of your fights and that you cannot be afraid to have them at all. That's to have a life together. If you just want to date him for a while, that's great. And I know you know how good it can be based on how it has been in the past. But, you know, there's there's a reason people break up. It's not like 
things look the same in the beginning than they do at the end. That's, that's how it works for everyone. I, I think personally, and you can jump in at any time, Andy. Okay. <laughs> I personally feel that the tiptoeing has, has to stop. It must. I know. It is an impulse on my part, and I understand that that's something that I have to get rid of. I'm just so afraid to get to that point where, you know, claws are out and we get into a place that's so raw and emotional. I mean, do you guys think that there are some things that are truly insurmountable in relationships or do you think I that? Th- you well, know? I personally think that if he's been exhibiting this behavior for this long, I think it might not be something that's going to change. I'm concerned that it's been, you said, a year and a half since he discovered this. And I, I fully recognize how jarring. Well, no, I can't fully recognize, but I have an idea of how jarring what he went through is. But that was 50% of your relationship ago. Mm-hmm. I know I've done the math. I'm like, I'm going to be unhappy for 50% of this relationship. And I don't <laughs> want that number to keep getting bigger. Can you well, remind me how old you are and how old he is? I don't know if I got that part. I'm 26 and he's 28. Okay. Um, have you ever broken up with somebody? Yes. Um, but it was always, there was always that underlying, um, the times I've broken up with people, I've never been sure that I wanted to be with them. Hmm. It was always kind of something that I fell into or just kind of happened. But So you're sure you want to be with this guy? I mean, at least I was at one point. So I am saying that the times where I have broken up with people, I've never, I've never at any point felt like, oh, I really want this to happen. Right. It was just something that I kind of fell into and it started working and it, it, it kind of took me along in its current sure. rather, than, rather than me having set my mind to it, I think. And that's what it, because I, I just don't want to live in regret. That's my biggest fear. Like, I don't That's me want too. To- yay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not yay. But I totally relate to that. I have a legit phobia of regret. It's a deciding factor in almost every major decision I make. Exactly. Because it's, it's also the fact that you just don't want to, I just want to be able to live with myself. So anything that happens, that, that it, it'll be fine as long as I can always justify it in mm-hmm. hindsight and say that, well, I made that decision because it, it was the best I could do with the information I had. Yes. Even oh, if it was the wrong similar. one in the end. <laughs> we're very similar people. <laughs> do you, how do you think he would... How, how do you think he would react if you said, you know, I'd like to just take some time apart? I did try to say that once. And that was the beginning of this year. Hmm. Um, when, and that was, that was the point. In, in January, that was the point where um, we went from turmoil to... to Peace, pretend peace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pretend peace. (laughs) Armistice. That was the point. So do you think that you scared him into sort of behaving himself, like at least putting on the air of behaving himself because he was worried you were going to leave? I think so, because he really didn't see that coming. And then, you know, he had a big overhaul of, you know, feeling, Mm. feeling confused and scared. And then, you know, I, I also thought that because because he was so scared to break up, I was thinking, okay, maybe he's getting a bit too dependent on me, like the idea of having me as a mm-hmm. as a safety net. Um, but after that was when you know he started becoming a bit more uh, becoming a bit more less scared of having difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, 
That's but because he was making that effort, I also didn't want to push it on my part. Like I didn't, I was so happy with that progress that I was scared to kind of take another step forward. That's fair. You sound very... She's very reasonable. You sound very reasonable and very intuitive, mm-hmm. frankly. I'm just wondering, again, I know I asked you this before, but are you happy? You said you weren't really happy. Like, are you, ex- like, how often do you see each other? I don't know. Like, We see each other about two, three times a week. Okay, so regularly. How excited are you when you're about to see him? Like, are you like, is your heart fluttering or are you just like, okay, here we go again? No, not at all. The thing is, I... Three years, I, though. I, three years is yeah. kind of... Three no, years is a little, I don't know if... But heart, you should be at least looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we like, live together. I have to see you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know you... Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, do you feel like a sense of anticipation? Like, you look forward to the days where yeah. you see each other. Oh, if I didn't live with you, I'd be very excited yes, to see you. Yes, I agree. And I'm not... I'm very excited to see you every day, but it's like no, I see you all day. No, but even when we have something planned together, there is We're going to break up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is our first big fight. So, but yeah, that's, I, that is a good question. Do you, do you feel just a sense of anticipation those two to three t- times a week? I do, but it's because I exist. I feel like this relationship exists in, in two forms. The one that's actually unfolding and the one that's in my mind where I'm uncertain of whether it's going to be, it's going to be the one. I think all my life I've always put this expectation on finding the right relationship, the perfect relationship. Um, mm. And I think because of all my uncertainty there, it affects what happens in, in the version that's actually happening in real time. So I, I get excited because we say, oh, we're going to go to the beach and that's fun. And you know, I look forward to it. But then in the back of my mind, there's this looming cloud of, of knowing that I don't know if this is really going to work out because there are all these problems these cracks in in the big picture ways even though i enjoy our day-to-day so much so when you go to the beach is it fun do you have a blast yeah we have a good time but it's only because we don't touch on the things that make us vulnerable and uncomfortable and raw it's like because we never venture into that ground we get to have a good time together but i i know I, i intuitively know that that's not you know it's not the true contentment and and happiness that I can feel. Like I know this about myself, and I think existing in this state of like discontent is so it's it's so difficult to to get out of. It's, can I ask one thing? Sorry. Yeah, I'm just I'm squirming listening because I'm I'm not. Yeah, you go. You sure. Yeah, right. you go. Oh, I, won't, I won't. Forget. Don't make us okay. squirm any longer. Sorry. No, no I'm, <laughs> I I I'll I'll remember. You go. Just getting back to the lateness for a second. (laughs) But, okay. So lateness to me, if you're going to think of it as a sort of a a negative thing, I associate with being irresponsible, like not reliable. You You cannot rely on this person to deliver when you need them. So does that lateness flow into other parts of your relationship where he, you find him to be unreliable? Yes, actually, sometimes I sometimes he changes his story a lot. Like um, there was there was once where you know I was I was I was in London and I was feeling quite homesick, and he was back at home, and I said, "Hey, I'm feeling really bad." 
you know, I, I, I feel breathless. And it sounded like a bit of an anxious uh, state of mind that I was in. And, and then he saw my message. And then I saw him active on Instagram. And I tell you, I blew up. I, I completely <laughs> lost it. I was like, you saw my message and you didn't think it important enough. He didn't reply. Yeah. So he was... He, he didn't reply immediately. And I know I only gave it like maybe five minutes. But, you know, the fact that I saw him active on Instagram, that made me so annoyed. And then after that, we had a whole fight about it. He apologized. But after that, he disabled the function where you, you get to, where people red. get to see. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. That was, was the lesson so he took from that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, Unbelievable. Be smarter next time. Oh, my God. Can okay, I? So, okay, I'll no, so say angry. one last thing. Yeah, I, then you I think it's very interesting that you came on this with this lateness thing, which was now completely, I feel like, just pure symbolism for the fact that he isn't there. He's not there. And you need someone who's going to be there for you when you need it. Reliability. And and I hate to be... Reliability, by the way, before I met Andy... I literally wrote down my absolute deal breaker must haves. These are not superficial things. They're not how uh, how tall he is or how much hair he has or what his style is like. It was the fundamental things about a human that you can spend a life with. Mm -hmm. And one of my four things, four things is not a lot of things, by the way. That's a lot of like distilling down. One of those four things was reliability. My question, after I'm done writhing, I'm just, I had, there's a lot of discomfort I feel about this. First and foremost, because, and I've learned this from experience, just because you've invested time in someone and have spent a lot of time with them does not make them the right person for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes learning that the hard way over 10 years, and sometimes you learn that in a year, but that having invested that is not the equivalent of like, okay, well then this is, this is probably right. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. The second thing I want to ask you is, I didn't ask you that. I just said that. (laughs) But the thing I want to ask you is, you know, we're hearing your side of the story right now. Yeah. If you could speak for him, if this were like a therapy session, which of course we're never claiming that we're therapists, but let's say he were here right now on the sofa next to you, what yep. would be his gripes about you? He would say that I tend to always take what I'm feeling in the moment to be the absolute truth and that I always prioritize how I'm feeling instead of what the situation calls for. Hmm. I think that would be a gripe. Like he always thinks that I blow up at very inopportune times. And it's true. I blew up once on his birthday. <laughs> that, that was bad. Were there other people really around? Yeah, Were there no, no, right. no, it was just, well, no, no. So I, I'm not, I, I don't blow up in like an explosive public way. It's always, yeah. I'm very sullen. And then it, it just dampens the mood. And okay. And you and can't think, shelve yeah. it. Like you're not able to sort of, Sweep it under the rug and bring it up at a later time. I wasn't then, but then I've developed this talent now, which I feel like is a bad thing, but I can't really be sure because it makes it more functional. (laughs) (laughs) He would say that I, I, I am a bit, I guess I am a bit particular, especially when it comes to this lateness thing. I think he will wish that I was a bit more easygoing with, with time as he is. 
Do you, do you have something you want to say to that? No, I just keep going back to the idea that the, the, the lateness thing really just represents, it's like the fact that you're talking about the lateness is really representative of your avoidance of the major problems that you should be dealing with. In you're the right. It is sort of the, it's like the tip, the very tip of the iceberg. You mean really. his reaction to his lateness or the no, actual I, lateness? I just just the like- entire saga around the lateness. The fact that he's that late with any kind of regularity. I'm a late person. I'm not that late regularly. The fact that there's no sense of rushing, there's no sense of like, your time is, you know, I get that there's the time optimism thing. This is coming from a time optimist. Trust me. (laughs) But I still don't feel good about being late. It's not like I just roll up and I'm like... You know, here I am. But I wonder if that's a defensive thing. I wonder if that's a defensive move on his part to, you know, because he knows he can sense that I'm upset. Okay, well, he's 28. Like, you don't roll up 30 minutes late to meet people in in the world we live in. Like, at least not without some kind of an explanation or some sort of a, sorry, I... You know, your your time is also important. It's just a sense of respecting each other's time. And again, this is coming from a time optimist. <laughs> so please, like this is, it means extra coming from me because I am already not great with being on time. Mm-hmm. But you do apologize. I'm, ext- well, yeah, I don't feel good about it. That's what bothers me is that mm-hmm. l- the lack of understanding how it affects other people. The fact that you're in a car doing loops yeah, that was stressful. <laughs> Do you have? I think I think there needs to be a talk here. Yes, I think I think you may have to consider um, another break. Yeah, I I, I want to you know we say anything like that with a grain of salt. I, of course, that's why I was I wanted to emphasize what he would say about you because of course it always takes two to tango, and if you're not getting along or you're not really building off your conflict resolution or lack thereof, then you just really are not going to grow in the same direction as a couple. And that's extremely important if you want to spend life together. Yeah, it's you have to grow in the same direction. Otherwise, you're growing either alongside each other, which is or like even slightly, if it's just the slight veer over time, that's just going to grow. You really must, like Andy said, have a conversation, not be afraid of that conflict. And let me be clear about one thing. If his one of his gripes about you is the you he feels you're very emotional, you're very re- reactive in the moment or the truth, you know, how you feel. That always sounds like a bad thing, right? When, you know, when when you say that, you know, someone thinks that you're too emotional, that's that is that always a big red flag or are there people who are truly too emotional? I always wonder. <sighs> I mean, it depends how you are emotional. I'd have to see it in action. <laughs> like, it could be a wide range of... I, I think that people will, might have an issue with me saying this. I do think it is possible to be too emotional to the point where you're just, like, not helping yourself. Like, you you end up kind of spinning, going in circles, and, again, you don't learn about yourself and grow from that to the point where you can function better and are just a happier person. Yeah. However, I have a big issue with anyone calling someone else too emotional, especially when it's your partner. It's extremely important that you feel comfortable to be yourself. I'm getting more and more angry and emphatic on this call, and I realize that. It's because I'm upset for you. I think it's important that you feel safe to express yourself and your emotions Mm -hmm. and not feel like judged for it or, God forbid, told that you're too fucking emotional. Oh, my God. I'm upset. Yeah. 
And also <laughs> maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe one of the reasons why you are so emotional is because you're so dissatisfied and you're like crying out and you're not getting what you need. It's true. But I, I also do know that I have the potential to, I mean, I, I do put this into practice. Like I always blow things up. And then after that, I'll, I'll kind of be like, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But I, I do have a, I ha- do have this like, you know, a temper. tendency to, a it's temper? not a temper. Like I'm, so I'm never angry, but I just, I go into this spiral where I'm like, oh, because he doesn't apologize that he's late. That must mean that he's the wrong person for me because if he, if I were the right girl for him, then he would, he would want to make me happy. And, and it just keeps unfolding into this, into what, so one simple thing about being late can become. What's funny about what you're talking about is that it can mean one of two things. The first is your intuition. You know, if you, I think a woman, not just a woman's, but anyone's intuition cannot be underestimated. So if you find yourself asking yourself this a lot, it must be heeded. Truly. And I never want to tell anyone to end anything. I'm saying is that if you constantly are in a state of feeling dissatisfaction with how your partner treats you, you're 26. Oh my God. Like, like you have many more years of dissatisfaction. Oh, I was like, is that young or old? Like, no, it's, old no, that's it's extremely young. No, that's young. That's it's young. extremely young. That's very young. <laughs> yes. And the other one, the other thing that I think that can represent is just sort of overthinking things and spiraling and kind of dwelling on things that don't matter. And I cannot tell you which one of those two things this is. Only you can decide that for yourself. I'm afraid. That's work you got to do for yourself, is decide whether you're creating something that isn't there and, you know, and just sort of brewing too much and going to a dark place unnecessarily or if this is your gut is telling you something and you're like, well, I know how good it can be or how good it has been or, oh, I've spent three years with him. Do you see what I'm saying? The difference? Yeah, I do. I do. But it's like, I guess it's, it's hard to draw that line. Like when, when do you let your emotions just pass and be, be an emotion and nothing more? Or when do you say that that's my gut? Because it always feels like the truth in the moment. Yes, but you also sound self-aware enough to later be like, yes, I overreacted or yes, I was really emotional. You, I've already got, you already said that at one point in this call. That's true. So that's a crucial difference because a lot of people don't have the ability to do that, by the way. This, when Andy and the, one of the reasons why we resolve conflict really well is that ability, by the way. It's the ability to be like, I, I overreacted. Like, I, I took this out on you or... And whether that's 10 minutes later or an hour later, it's that ability to recognize that fault in yourself. So you've already told me, even just in passing, or told us, (laughs) in passing that you do do that. If you did feel your emotions were the truth for all time, even in your most upset moment, then that's different. But it does sound like you do reflect afterwards and maybe feel that you did go a little far. I'm, I'm staying out of this one. I feel like I'm going to step in it. <laughs> Sorry. You, you guys are continue. Are you very emotional? Would you say that? Am I, am I more emotional than anyone else you've ever I think we're both 
pretty emotionally stable, like average emotional. I don't think either of us get carried away with uh, our emotions. Um, I've, but uh, yeah, I think I've sort of reined mine in over, over the years. And trust me, it helps. Just going to say this. It helps to be with someone who doesn't elicit emotional explosions from like it's that's a personality that's a and compatibility point. thing. That's a great point because I have been very emotional in past relationships Same. because and there you go. Yes. Because it was wrong. And when it's wrong, you're so frustrated. You're so filled with like angst and sadness. And you, or you know. just rub each other wrong. Like you don't. I, I have an ex who I fought with on a near daily basis. And I was emotional all the time. I was it's angry drama. all the time. The drama in a relationship drama. is no good. Well, it sounds like you guys of, don't have drama, but you're sort of tiptoeing around drama. Yeah, but they should have drama. Yeah, They're I almost feel like drama. drama would be more productive. Yeah. Like I, a healthy I, dose of drama. Well, I don't know if I, I... I don't believe in drama in relationships at all, but it's more about letting something come to the surface so it can be dealt with, whether that means breaking up or solving it and growing from it. The fact that it it's just sort of buried is arguably the least healthy thing. Yeah. I, I think I really think you guys need to take a little time apart. I think at least you need to have a serious conversation and make sure you don't make sure you're in a, like an emotionally stable place to have that conversation. I say that just so you keep him on the same page as you. Yeah. And you don't drive him away by being. Yeah. But just, uh, just I, keep, I keep telling myself that, um, well, I, I'm considering like, cause I, because I knew that I was unhappy. So in my head, I was telling myself, okay, I'm going through this relationship as if it's a break, but then I'm going to survey it because if we break, like I, there's nothing that I need to know to be apart, but if we're together and functioning, then I'll know what's going on. And I can at least use that as, as evidence for me to draw my conclusions from, Okay, L, I'm going to give you some hard truths right now. You're a self-aware, yeah, you're a self-aware person who's reflecting, thinking about whether you're reacting too much, if you're being unreasonable, if what he's doing means this, means he doesn't care about you. For someone who is as detail and intel oriented and focused as you, it's you need to address this head on. It's the information you need. Like you said, you want to make decisions without regrets. There's a gaping hole right now of information that I, I just, it, it, this doesn't feel like a three-year relationship to me. And I know you don't live together, but regardless, three, day, three times a week is regularly for three years. There's a lack of understanding for each other. And I say that both ways. Yeah, yeah, I feel no, very strong. I, I really think you're young. You're, you, you have you to remember how young you, you are. You can't embrace the comfort or, you know, say, oh, well, we have a peace now. When you say to me, like, you have a peace, like, that doesn't sound, it's like North Korea and South Korea. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no. peace, but it's a horrible situation. Not saying that you're, you know, your boyfriend is <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Yeah. But, uh, but what I'm saying is, is that you are accepting a lower bar for this relationship than you should be. There's nothing wrong with you. You, come you have to very remember that you're young. I, I don't want you to feel like when you said 26 is that old. That is the worst reason to stay in a relationship. Yeah. The worst. You, you got, you, you, 
if you try to fix this, and I'm, I feel like you're trying to fix him, you're trying to fix this, instead of thinking about the fact that maybe this isn't fixable, we've been at it for three years, and we've just come to this sort of stalemate, which is really what it is. You're at an emotional stalemate. Yeah, that's Maybe true. it's time to just cut the cord. Look, if it's supposed to be- brave about it. You got to be brave, because life is short. As much as when you're 26, you feel like you have all the time in the world, you know, you be- you know, you could be four years more into this. You'll be 30 and you'll be like, wow, I wasted another four years. Nothing's been resolved. We haven't, that we still true. don't talk about conflict. He's still late every single time. I've missed like the first 30 minutes of every movie we've gone to see. <laughs> you know, you don't want to get to that place. So I think, I think you might want to consider a little bit of a cut. At the very a least. A little bit of a cut. At yeah, the just very- a slight cut. Not no. a cut, just like. I feel so hesitant to ever tell anyone that I don't. To yeah, take I don't want to tell you to cut. break up with him because I don't want to take that bear yeah. that responsibility. But I will say that you need to really think about what makes you happy. Are you happy? Have you given this enough effort that it deserves? And do you think yeah. you could find something better? And the comfort factor is so dangerous. Like you're just like, oh, it's comfortable. You know, I'm used to him. Like we're, it's like the codependency they call it sometimes, but. You have to just get out of that comfort zone and be like, I need to make a decision for myself. And the decision you need to make is, look, are you going to make this work? And if not, we need to be done. And even with that, I think you really need to put your foot down and say, we just need to take some time apart and rethink this. I don't want you to break up necessarily, but I think you need some time where, you know, away from him, where you're not... I think there's an order here. The first thing that needs to happen is a conversation that's not in the heat of the moment and not when you're, you know, not something that made you blow up. It's like, I want to talk to you. And you sit down and you have a conversation and you have to let it all out. Oh, I know, and, but I'm like I'm like a kettle that just like overflows. <laughs> and that's like once I talk about that, I'm gonna start crying and get and get really that's emotional. Fine. That, well, that's and then if if of. if you are afraid of crying while talking to your boyfriend of three years, then that's, oh, I mean, that's a whole other sign. Yeah. You want to be your rawest self with your partner in life. Do you feel like as time passes, the certainty should always be on an incline and that it it never, it never dips like when it's the right person as you both. You know who has something to say about this is my husband (sighs) here. You want to talk about the the back of the mountain well you always talk about the incline and the plateau yeah. and, and the, the the relationship i feel should you know s- start strong and continue to grow 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 then it'll hit a plateau and it just sort of stays there that's the way it goes but when you have a relationship where it grows 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 hits a peak and then there's a definitive backside of the hill like you really feel it and it's not you know 15 years later it's like one two three years later or even a few months later, that's a problem. And there is a caveat there. I mean, he did go through this family thing and there was trauma there. And so I I want to be sensitive to that. But nonetheless... I think that should have brought them together more. I don't like to believe that that, uh, that story doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, and he's not convinced. If he had a great trauma in his life or something, either whether it was positive or negative or indifferent, I think those kind of powerful emotional experiences should bring you guys closer. Mm. And I, I just don't, that whole thing doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't even make sense to me. I strongly feel... the first fe- test, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I strongly feel that you 
do not communicate in the same like if we're going to talk about love yeah, languages total different languages there is major oh. love language difference i keep here. picturing like you got it's like it's like a cartoon character it's like you're i feel like you guys are opposites mm. like i really do i feel like inside of her soul is like that that backdrop is representative of how you're <laughs> feeling about your partner it's like crying out for freedom <laughs> Yeah, I do. We'll have to show your back. We won't show you, but we'll show your backdrop because it really does. <laughs> I'm feeling it right yeah, now. Yeah, that's. I keep looking at that and I'm like, that's what's in you. That's what's happening. But to, to get down to what you need to do, there, there needs to be a conversation. I do think you need to not let it be at a point where the kettle is boiling. And I say that because we know that he sees you in that way. And I don't I don't want you to shut him down before it's even begun. Do you, I don't yeah. want him to not take you seriously because you're in a really emotional state. It's okay if you get emotional while you're talking about it, but, and I, I don't even like that I need to make that, that mention by the, yeah, the, thank yeah. you, qualification, because I think that preferably you could bring it up whenever, whenever you feel comfortable, but I don't get the impression that doing so when the kettle is boiling is a safe place because I don't know how seriously he'll take you or what you're saying. So that's number one. And then number two, I think, you know, based on number one, you, you listen to Andy and maybe take a break or you, you you do a little snipping or something. Do you, <laughs> or a big clean snip, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, what Cleaver. are your thoughts on what we're telling you? Does, does any of this ring true? Does it feel out of left field? No, I mean, I've, I've had these conversations with myself in my head so much that nothing is surprising anymore. Like that's just something that I already kind of expect to hear from, from an outsider looking in, you know, do you think you'll take our advice? (laughs) That's the big question. I just keep putting it off. Like, I I think I kind of know that it's true that, you know, I can't function in this state anymore. Like I I know this, you know, I'm so dissatisfied. I'm on a podcast talking about my relationship problems. Like what? I mean, do you think any healthy relationship (laughs) can be? (laughs) The fact that you're here is the red flag. Yeah. Basically I can give anybody who comes on this show the advice, break up with him, break up with him, break up with him. I mean, (laughs) don't you think that's that's true in some way? If anyone had to talk to, to people that was not their partner, then there must be something wrong, right? I don't always think that's the case because sometimes it just, like I said, if this were just about the lateness and this, you know, how you communicate, how seriously you take it, I truly was thinking, if if it's just unto itself, if it's not bleeding into the rest of the relationship, that unto itself, not, it's not a deal breaker. It's not, it's not. I truly went into this not thinking I was going to tell you. Well, I was actually, I was actually saying like, how much can we talk about how this guy's late? Yeah, not here we are. We're, we're like at an hour, and we're like, Whoa. yeah. But I, now we see what's going on. That was just you were just putting out a lure. It was like yeah, a little piece of bait. Yeah, you lured us in. <laughs> You know, you know, when I was writing my email, because, you know, I'm in so much turmoil, I can write paragraphs upon paragraphs of my grievances. Mm-hmm. It all came out. And then I was like, no one's ever going to answer that on a podcast. So I just deleted it all and asked one scenario in which I thought we could productively discuss. We, but we, oh, heard, we heard your cry for help. It. We heard her cry for That's help. That's actually very smart because I do get emails where I get, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of information. And then it's like seven questions in point form. And... It, what you know it's best to start somewhere and then and go from there and that's exactly what has happened here you you told us this one thing and then it we're, we're gonna find out the other you know we're inquisitive enough i think that we're gonna find out the the rest whether you like it or not yep <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm excited 
But I think you should think about your happiness. I think you should really stop trying to, you know, force this. And if it's going to be, it's going to be. And it's going to be after you guys take a break. But I think I don't think you're happy here. I just don't and, sense but it I do at wonder, all. Am I destined for dissatisfaction forever? Well, that's not you, something you can I accept. Find a way to. No, but, no, no. But no, what no, if no. that's the truth? You know, I feel like every artist. So, well, I, I am a creative. I, I'm a musician, and oh, wow. I feel like well, every songwriter that I respect, they have really shitty love lives. Like, <laughs> I, I Google them, and they're like, "Oh, I ended in divorce and suicide." Well, they, they can't write good songs without a shitty love life. Exactly. Right? So I wonder, like, it's, am I bringing this misfortune upon myself by always dramatizing bad emotions and attracting these things? Like, maybe you so need that to I date have something to write. You about. need to date uh, another artist, maybe. <laughs> And that comes back to what I was saying, how when you, you have to observe yourself, whether it's your gut, whether it's your intuition, or whether you're spiraling and creating problems where there aren't any, or overreacting to things, or going down dark paths that are not serving you or your relationship. That is something you need to work on with yourself, unfortunately. But I am a musician. I am a creative type. And... You know, are there th- are there exceptions I made in our relationship? Sure. Like, are, are there, you know. <laughs> oh, what? I think it would be so helpful to hear, like, what an exception is. Yeah, that you've what made exceptions are we right talking about? I mean, Andy, an, an exception. Andy <laughs> is moody. Andy mm. is moody. And my father is moody. And it's not my favorite thing about him. But I love, like, 99.999% about him. So am I... I'm not going to, it's not worth it to focus on that. It's more so I recognize the mood he's in. Maybe sometimes try to feed him because 80% of the time it's hanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, moody being, meaning being like sullen for no reason or just not like no brittle it's, with the mood? I think that it's more like things affect him deeply. And so whether it's bad news or good news, you know, it's, he will fluctuate a lot. He's not as even keel as I am. I or think. if I haven't eaten, oh. as you said. Yeah. Or if you haven't eaten, yeah. I'm more even keel than you in terms of mood. I think feel like. I, I think so. Yeah. 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 But like, well, so that's like, that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's so, an example yeah, of like moody power of one yeah. thing that unto itself is not a deal breaker. Is it? If I could change it about him, would I? Sure. But I know it's a waste of my time and effort to focus on that or to attempt to change it because it's not possible. So. It's, you know, whatever. I love everything else about him. My point in going there is the satisfaction. There is no such thing as a perfect person or a perfect relationship. But the best way to gauge whether or not it's right is if you are happy. Mm -hmm. Satisfied is not a great way to gauge that. Mm -hmm. Because satisfied is kind of a moving target. You know, like... Your benchmark can change all the time. Yes. But happiness... Whether you're really happy or just slightly happy, you know, you just, you know, happy, how it feels. Yeah. And whether the world is falling apart around you, it doesn't matter. You still have that happiness because of your partner. Yes. Yes. That's important. Your relationship should feel like a safe place that brings you joy. Mm -hmm. Not another thing you need to watch your, watch your step in. It's a new day. I think today you should think about being the first day of. The rest of your life. <laughs> Never been so. I hope. I hope that was helpful. I. It was. It, it, it really was. It might have been hard to hear, but 
I feel stronger. Yeah, I've, I've said everything to myself already, so it's good to hear it from Now, other people as well. Okay. Put it into action. Yeah. It is time. Yes. Sorry, that was hard. <laughs> no, I mean, it's okay. It's always hard, isn't it? Everything is hard. And you have to question which things shouldn't Are be worse. hard. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. Some things should not true. be hard. Yeah. Hopefully who you spend your life with is not a hard decision to make or a hard relationship to be in. And it's probably the most important that All right thing. relationships shouldn't be hard. Yes. Yes. Easy. Really? But mm -hmm. what about the people who just like fight all the time, but they're, you know, that's, but they're just like, we, we are with each other. We're stuck with each other always. And you know, uh, that's not a relationship I want to be in. Yeah, that's nothing I want to be. You know, of. life gets hard. People get sick. People have children. You have to juggle jobs. People get laid off. And there's so much shit that will happen. You're 26 and 28. This should be the best time. Yeah. Yeah. This should be the easy part. It's the rest that's hard. And because you, it's easy together, you can withstand the hard, the future hard together. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and on that hard note. And on that hard note, L. <laughs> I want a follow up. Yep. Okay. 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 I'm, I'm holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for your time and, and um, <laughs> accommodating. It's a pleasure. Okay, good luck. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So, Andy. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of... What are your thoughts on, on that one? Well, here I was thinking that would be a mundane discussion about guys who are late. I know. <laughs> that really veered off but, drastically. Uh, but in a, in a sort of almost a beautiful way. I mean, I feel like she really f kind of had a, a little bit of a discovery there. Do you think I felt I kind of felt like we were telling her things she already knew. I almost feel like she was looking for a sounding board, just yeah. like this kind of us to just validate. Did you just say validation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, that's <laughs> what it might have been. But but I think that um, she is going to do something. I mean, sometimes you just need a kick in the pants from a stranger. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes the you know a stranger's opinion is worth more than ten close friends. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, just because it gives you a little objective clarity. I you know I knew this day would come. I didn't expect it to come so soon. But you know, having a relationship podcast where it's inevitable you're going to hear someone's story and be like, oh my god, you guys really need to break up. To break up. Yeah. And I'm maybe really not break up, but at least take a break. And I feel so like, I'm a little like, I have a hard time with that because I don't want to be the reason why anyone breaks up. But at the same time, I cannot lie. No. And I, I honestly, like, I, I feel better that she's on the other side of the earth so this guy doesn't come after me. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Dear Shandy isn't huge in Singapore, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it, it will be. We're, we're, we're internationally known as of now. Anyway, that was a tough one, but I stand by everything we said based on the information we were given. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Dear Shandy not being big on the other side of the world, <laughs> you know how you can help Dear Shandy grow. <laughs> that was a good segue. <laughs> Please, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can like, subscribe, hit notification bells, and 
leave iTunes reviews. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Uh, because, you know, we're still a baby podcast. And, and yeah, we want to keep doing this and keep growing and keep giving you our, like, really brutally honest Keep, keep ending relationships. <laughs> <laughs> God. That one got so much darker than I meant for it to, but... Look, in the, in the end, all we're doing is trying to make our life better. It's hard work. Said, Someone's yeah. got to do it. Yeah, it is hard work. I'm like kind of like... I'm sweating. I'm a little uh, worn. Yeah, I was glad you did a lot of that heavy lifting. I was just like, I don't know if I want to step in this. <laughs> I, I, be, I took on like um, the kind of role I would with a, f- a friend on that one. It, it was hard to, re- to take sort of a backseat and sort mm-hmm. of be... You know, of course I'm objective, but there became a point where I was like... Well, I liked her. She I was liked like her a too. I you wanted want to, to be happy. I know. I want to give her a hug and yeah. also shake her. <laughs> she, was, she was great. Is she just she's not doing the right things right now in this relationship? And, and crucially, is aware of it. And and is aware. Yeah, which is an interesting factor mm-hmm. there. Totally. All right. All right. I think that's it for this episode. God, it really went in an o- a different direction. It's yeah. happening. Damn, I need a drink. I know. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Yeah.